Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. Good to have you guys with us, and good to have this guy, the one and only Jeff Duncan. Been covering the Saints for a long time, now at TheAthletic.com, uh, part of the New Orleans crew, which just hired basically like the Avengers. They assembled a team of the best and brightest from around New Orleans, and a reunion with uh, Larry Holder, and uh, just the whole crew over there at The Athletic New Orleans doing a tremendous job. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, Chris. I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing good. I was playing a little Choppa style there for you. I think the Saints need to find a new song for this season, so uh, maybe you can start looking through your uh, song catalog to find a, a song for the 2019 season. Yeah, I would definitely vote for that. <laughs> uh, you know, these songs get worn out. Stand up and get crunk. Uh, you know, We Ready, or whatever that is. <laughs> it just seems like every year we have a different song, but I'm ready for a new one. Hey, Jeff, uh, Saints with an off day today. I want to rewind a little bit and go back to the game Friday night. It feels like a, a distant memory ago because, of course, the Saints practice on Sunday. They practice on uh, a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So um, a lot has changed from that time. But overall takeaways, I, I read your, your piece at theathletic.com. Was there one or two guys that stood out to you in the game on Friday night? Yeah, you know, I mentioned that, Chris, uh, in my kind of who helped themselves. I really thought, uh, Trey Hendrickson, when I went back and watched the tape, uh, he had kind of a sneaky good game. You know, it's a good example of how you can't look at the box score a lot of times and determine if a player played well because he, he forced two holding calls. Uh, you know, he had a quarterback hit that really was a, a just an incredible play by the Vikings, uh, you know, by the quarterback and the receiver. Uh, so a lot of people were coming out of that game saying the Saints weren't getting much pressure on the quarterback when actually – you know, you're getting enough pressure to cause a holding call. That that counts. You know, that's a negative 10-yard uh, infraction uh, a couple of times. I thought he played very well, and he needs to play well. He needed a big camp because the Saints have brought in a couple of veterans, Wes Horton and Janelle Grissom, to kind of shore up that third end spot. And I think Trey Hendrickson has responded to that challenge. And, uh, look, I also thought that the return – uh, you, the rookie returner, Deontay Harris, uh, I was really impressed with him. We haven't seen much of him in camp, but that's a big position for the Saints. They're putting a lot of emphasis on trying to improve the return game. It's really the last thing they need to improve on their special teams. Uh, they've been just really substandard there. And Harris, of course, returned, uh, I think, 14 kicks for touchdowns at Assumption College. I don't care what level you're at. That's impressive. And I thought he showed the kind of elusiveness and speed and juice uh, that they've been lacking uh, at, at the return game, both on kickoffs. Uh, he didn't really get much opportunity on punts, but kickoffs for sure. Uh, to that point, though, Jeff, they bring in Marcus Sherrills as a you know seasoned vet who's done it for years in, in Minnesota as a return man. Are we going to see 
a good bit of him in the preseason? Because, in other words, I mean, if if Harris is a guy who could take that spot as a return man, you know, and they got they got Cheryl's. I think they only signed him to a one year deal to begin with. But you know, is that a guy who maybe his spot could be in trouble because you know, maybe they like the young undrafted guy? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, when it all things equal, you always go with the cheaper player for the most part. And now here's the other variable in that, Chris. Uh, Marcus Sherrills is a guy that uh, everyone speaks highly of. He's a really good locker room guy. He's, he's got skins on the wall and a return man. Uh, you could probably uh, keep him because he's not going to be, I think he's at the veteran minimum, and you could stuff Deontay Harris on your practice squad if you think he needs to develop. So you might be able to get away with that. I, I don't think anybody's going to be knocking down Deontay Harris's door unless he returns a couple of kicks for touchdowns. And they may value what Sherrills brings overall to the special teams because Deontay Harris, let's face it, I mean, he's as big as me. He's about 5'8", <laughs> 170. Uh, he's not going to be going down on coverage units, and Sherrills can do that. He's a cornerback by trade. Uh, so I do think there's a little more value to keeping Sherrills than, say, Harris, just strictly because he, he can do more things on special teams. I, w- I want to touch a little bit on the uh, secondary, Jeff. I've been saying all off season, I've, you know, it's a good thing that the Saints bring back the majority of their secondary, you know, and bring him, keeping PJ Williams, keeping Ken Crawley. You got Eli, Eli Apple back, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know, I've been saying that's a good thing, but then we see in the game the other night, you know, Eli Apple gives up a big play. Uh, when we look, go back and look at down the stretch of last season, the the corners and or the secondary. They, they were susceptible to give up those big pass plays. And I even bring up the NFC Championship game. Even after the, the, the no-call everybody wants to talk about, they still let the Rams march right down the field on them to kick the, the field goal to send them to overtime. So there are still some concerns there with the secondary. How concerned should we be as far as Eli Apple goes being that number 2 corner? Well, I think there's a reason the Saints didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, they, they want him to prove that he's worth a long-term contract. And right now he hasn't proven that uh, with his NFL resume. Uh, I do think, you know, we're all kind of prone to overreacting to a preseason game. I certainly don't want to overreact. I thought he was in good position on that cover. Just need to get his head around and locate the ball. But that was a recurring problem for him in New York. And the saints, of course, love to put their corners on an Island, especially in, uh, certain situations, third down, uh, especially Dennis Allen likes to pressure the quarterback. And you've got to be able to hold up in single coverage. We saw the same thing happen to Patrick Robinson at the other end of the field. Uh, really a, a great play as well by the Vikings. Uh, look, I think the big one of the biggest question marks about the Saints defense that really isn't being talked about a lot, and it, and it kind of relates to what you said earlier about the Rams game, is this two-minute defense – has really been a problem. It goes all the way back to 2017, uh, you know, where they couldn't stop the Vikings in the divisional playoffs and gave up, you know, a 60-yard touchdown pass. If, if you look back at it, Chris, last year, uh, you know, if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't let the ball go through <laughs> his hands, they might lose to the Eagles well, well, in, the, in the divisional the Steel, playoffs. The Steelers game with it, if they don't get that fumble. I mean, there's there was numerous times. You're right. Yeah, and and, and the the one that everyone forgets about is Baltimore. <laughs> where they gave up a touchdown at the end and it got bailed out by a missed extra point. Right. They also gave up a long touchdown drive right before halftime in a two-minute drill defense. It's a real problem, and I know it's one that they're working on this year, but that all kind of comes back to the secondary because in those situations, 
you're you're playing fast. You're not going to get much pass rush. Lots of times your pass rush just gets worn out in those two minute drills. And so I think that's an issue the Saints have to have to come to grips with. And I agree with you 100. percent I think once you get past Marshawn Lattimore, uh, this secondary has a lot of solid players, but I'm not sure there's someone there that you can hang your hat on week to week and say he's going to be a shutdown guy at all. I went back and watched the game again Sunday night, Jeff. Just kind of watching that first drive and and the you know the first team offense with uh, with Teddy Bridgewater in there, and I thought the offensive line did did a really good job. I know Pete wasn't in there, but I thought Nick Easton handled himself well, and I liked what we saw out of Eric McCoy at center. I know that sounds weird to say because you don't really pay attention much to what the center's doing, but I thought you know blocking and open up holes for for Kamara and Murray. I liked what we saw out of the offensive line, and it, you know, it, I think Easton's going to prove to be a good depth piece, you know, because uh, he doesn't figure to be in the starting five at, at least to start the year. I think he's going to be basically Senio Calamete, and that's a great uh, luxury to have. Uh, the Saints were, I think, handled the retirement of Max Unger about as well as you could. They went out and brought in Nick Easton as a uh, insurance policy. And then they addressed it in the draft with Eric McCoy, who looks like, I agree with you, Chris, I think he looks the part, very poised, very powerful at the point of attack. And now you've got Easton. And along that, I would throw Cameron Tom in there as well, another good young prospect, a guy that can play both interior positions and Will Clapp as well. I think they're going to have a very difficult cut at the interior offensive line. Uh, because of the depth they have there, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made some kind of trade because of the, you know, the demand for a good offensive lineman in the NFL right now. It's very difficult to find two deep offensive lines the way the Saints have right now. I was really excited to see the two rookies, uh, the two rookie safeties, uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson and Saquon Hampton in the game, and neither of them made any plays that really stood out to me outside of the uh, the two point conversion where. Uh, the Minnesota quarterback tried to run it in, and Gardner forced him out at the at the one and, and kept him out from getting the two point conversion. But uh, what have you seen out of those two guys in practice? Because I know they kind of stood out those first few days of training camp. Um, what what have you seen out of them through these first couple weeks of camp? Well, both of them have impressed, and the Saints are very high on both of them. Uh, I think this draft. I wrote this story a couple weeks ago. It's very it's sneaky good. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people had high expectations for Saquon Hampton. I know I didn't know much about him, uh, but he's really opened eyes. The Saints are very high on him. He's got great range. Uh, he looks just like a carbon copy, almost maybe a little bigger version of Marcus Williams. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson's just uh, plays with swagger. He's feisty. He made a play. Uh, it's very similar to what I was saying about with Trey Hendrickson. Uh, he made a play that doesn't show up in the box score. They made a nice run. I can't remember what back had it for the Vikings, uh, but C.J. Gardner-Johnson came up, missed, kind of lost his footing, fell down. The back got by him, and he got up and was able to run him down from behind and save a touchdown. That kind of hustle, that kind of athleticism, that makeup speed to be able to run a guy down from behind was very impressive. And, again, it goes down as a tackle, but it was a big-time tackle. Trust me, the, the Saints coaches saw that. I, I, I think both those guys are going to play this year, and they've got depth at, at, at the safety position now uh, where a guy like J.T. Gray, who's very valuable on special teams, I'm not sure he's going to be able to make the roster. I think he's going to get caught up in a numbers game because of the depth there. 
Talking with uh, with Jeff Duncan from The Athletic New Orleans. So last thing for you, Jeff, the big question that I think everybody's watching throughout this preseason is what's going to happen with the wide receiving court? We saw just a couple days ago Rashard Matthews decided to walk away from the game. Um, you know, He was one of those veterans that I thought had a chance to make this team. Emmanuel Butler was kind of the talk of camp the first week before he got injured, so we didn't see him in the game on Friday, but he's back now. And little Jordan Humphrey, who I thought struggled in training camp a little bit last week, uh, balled out in the game late in the, late in the fourth quarter of uh, a Friday night's preseason game and made two really big catches and showed some uh, some some juke moves and things like that. So, what do you make of the wide receiver depth past uh, Thomas Ginn and and I guess Traquan Smith? Yeah, I, I think the two guys that have stood the most to me during camp didn't even play Friday night, and that's Keith Kirkwood and Emmanuel Butler. I, I think both those guys are going to make this team. Uh, I'm not sure if either one of them is going to play. I think Butler will probably play against the Chargers, but it'll be fun to see those two against the Chargers this week. A, a, a good defense, a, a team I think will challenge them on the perimeter. Uh, but I don't know if the Saints really are going to have someone step out from that group. You know, I think fans are are looking at almost like a fantasy football prism. Who's the wide receiver two? Who's the wide receiver three? You know, and the Saints have never been that, Chris. They they go all the way back to the Super Bowl with Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Lance Moore. Uh, who was the who was the number two of that group? You know, there wasn't one. <laughs> Clearly, Marcus Colson was number one. And then week to week, depending on the matchup, depending on the opponent, uh, the other receiver would be uh, you know one of those three. And I think that's what we're going to get from this receiving core. And I think you throw Ted Ginn in that group as well. Uh, they're they're going to mix and match. And, and the number two receiving. Uh, prospect on this team is going to be Alvin Kamara and probably Jared Cook. Those guys yeah. are going to get the bulk of the receptions. These other receivers, I think, are just going to be kind of by committee uh, filling in. But I'm really eager to see Emmanuel Butler. He looks legit to me. Uh, I'm just eager to see him against an opponent. Yeah, and I can't wait to uh, get my fantasy football drafts going and grab Jared Cook because I feel like everybody's sleeping on him as far as uh, – I think he may be top three in tight end production this year. Mm-hmm. Is that crazy to think? No, I agree with you 100%. And I think the other night uh, against the Vikings, the Saints purposely didn't even throw to him. I don't <laughs> think they want anybody seeing tape of what they're going to do with Cook. Uh, we've seen in practice uh, he's going to have a big year. There's absolutely no doubt about it. What I liked about him too, Jeff, was him blocking on the outside. That's such an underrated uh, part of some of these guys' games. But there was a couple times where Ginn and Jared Cook were blocking on the outside, holding their man and and opening up more room for Alvin Kamara to run. And those are just one of those things when we talk about veteran tight ends or veteran guys like Ginn and Cook. Like those guys are are where they are because not only are they good pass catchers, but they can block well too in the run game. Yeah, and if you don't block on the perimeter for Sean Payton and, and Curtis Johnson, you're not going to play. I mean, that's a huge part of their emphasis, and it goes back to the attention to detail of the Saints offense. Uh, one of the reasons why they're annually ranked among the top five in the league are those kind of details, blocking on the perimeter, turning a four-yard run into a 12-, 15-yard run, and you're right. Uh, Jared Cook is a complete tight end, much more so than I thought before he arrived here. Uh, he's a huge get, and um, I think, like we said earlier, I think he's going to have a maybe the biggest year of any tight end the Saints have had going back to the Jimmy Graham days. Jeff Duncan, theathletic.com slash New Orleans. I'm a subscriber. I encourage all you guys to go sign up and uh, get some of the best content uh, covering your local teams in New Orleans. Jeff, 
Thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Jeff Duncan of The Athletic New Orleans does an awesome job. Him and Larry Holder and, uh, and Catherine Terrell. Uh, Brody Miller's got you covered on the LSU front. And then I uh, was just reading the, the Will Guillory article this morning talking about the uh, Pelicans schedule coming out soon. He's covering the Pelicans front. So they really do have a great uh, assembly of, of talent there at theathletic.com uh, slash New Orleans. Encourage all you guys to go check it out. And it's it's not expensive to sign up and, uh, and, and go get all the content there. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.